the Smash Daily Podcast. Weekdays 4 to 6 on 107.1, the Big Z. Radio for the Riverbend. What is going on, anyone and everyone who might happen to be alive at this particular point in time? Big shout out to those listening in the spirit world. I love and miss you all. And a huge howdy, as is always, to the High Holy Three and Triple J. Caramia ti amo. That's the way the song goes. T. T. My goodness, I'm looking out there. Oh, yeah, Triple J, I do love you. That's a dark, that's a dark sky. Is coming in over to Mississippi, coming in from the west, not the west, the west. That's a dark sky. It's going to be some heavy water going to be dropping. I don't think it's as dark as that one time when at like in the middle of the summer at four o'clock, it got pitch black. But that's a, that's a heavy sky right there. As the song goes, a hard, hard, hard rains are going to fall. I don't know if it's Dylan or Christopherson, whoever it is, but hard rain's going to fall. Deal with it in your own individualistic manner. Imagine what that's going to be doing to rush hour. So drive carefully. That's all I can tell you. Magnificent day as far as the temperature is concerned, though, right there at about 70-something degrees. Any day, baby. I'll take it any day. And here's a pisser to me. It got chilly. Remember it got chilly about a week and a half ago? I mean, chilly, chilly. I never, I never get rid of my shorts until Thanksgiving. I wear shorts all the way up to Thanksgiving. I don't care what the weather is. But I did it this year under pressure from those who have influence in my life. And now all I got is long pants when I should be wearing shorts. Dog arenas. But that's just me. I'm just looking at the various things that are going on and watching, you know, watch different uh, channels. Got Fox on Today, they're talking about, you know, how Trump is back at it as far as making that that count happen. See what happens with all that. Now, here's the crazy thing. If it's allowable, then why would anybody be criticizing him? It's part of our system. You got Biden over there saying it's an embarrassment. Well, you'd be doing the same thing if it was you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's the crazy part about it. Ah, these people. I got this for you. I'm not. 
You know, it's the first time on a radio Ice or Smashing and have ever played a Britney Spears song. <laughs> In all the years, what, 45, 46 years, I never played a Britney Spears song. I'm a rock and roller, but it plays right here. Oops, I did it again. And I hate to see. Oh, I'm looking out now. That's heavy rain. So heavy is the rain that the water is gray and the sky is a touch of gray. Grateful Dead song. And it is something out there over the banks of the mighty Mississippi here in Alton, Illinois. I'll get back to the story. Oops, I did it again. That's Tony La Russa. Poor guy. Yeah, you feel sorry for him. At the same time, you don't. Tell you why you don't, because he ain't going to get penalized like the normal dude is going to get penalized. So he's in Phoenix. I would imagine he has a, a home there. He was the uh, general manager of the Phoenix Diamondbacks there, the Arizona Diamondbacks for a while. So that's probably why I was over there before he's moving on up to uh, Chicago. Take on a manager job over there with the Chicago White Sox. So they find him on the side of the road. His car is smoking. He had run into the curb. I ran into the curb, uh, got a flat tire out, but I never had the engine problem off the deal. White Sox spokesman Rich Reifert said that the team, White Sox, was aware of his arrest in Phoenix. And this happened a little while back, but it's coming to the fore now. It's uh, 76-year-old La Russa was hired anyhow. They're aware of it. He pled guilty to driving under the influence in Florida. You remember that back in 2007? They ain't saying nothing about it now, although the cop. And you know what I like? They ain't calling them cops anymore. I shouldn't either. They're called peace officers now. That's a nice change right there. Bravo on the imaging. Anyway, so the peace officer is saying that he was uh, argumentative and uh, they're saying that uh, he was under the influence driving again. Tony, of course, would be, uh, I'd be uh, argumentative because I'm pissed at myself for busting myself, more or less. I busted myself. So anyway, that's uh, getting ready to come to the fore. Oh, my goodness, I'm looking out the window. This is like a humongous drenching out there. Sheesh. That's some heavy rain. I don't know if it's because we're over the banks of of the big river or, or, or whatever, but that's heavy, man. Uh, back to Tony the Russo. I feel sorry for the dude. I understand the addiction to alcohol, you know, but you. And Tony's always been nice to me, you know, in the interviews and all that stuff and had laughter and fun and all that back in the old days. But, man, they didn't do nothing to him. I understand the first time. All right. Let him slide the first time over there in Florida, like I was mentioning a moment ago. But this is the second time. There may have been other times we don't know about, but this is the second time we know about. And it's like, Tone, come on, man. You're not supposed to be doing this. Getting ready for a big primetime job with the Chicago White Sox. You're over here driving drunk, running into the curb. Luckily, you run, you, you ran into the curb, not into a, a telephone pole or to people or into other cars. 
So they busted Tony. See where it all goes. But in my opinion, all right, I gave you some slack on the first one. But this is the second one, man. And I don't know what the penalization is. Supposedly he's going to get a few days, you know, probation and all that, and and he'll learn from it. Yeah, learn from it. But here's the way you learn. You don't learn when there's no penalty to you committing a wrong. When there's no penalty, you don't learn nothing. So he needs to whatever the normal guy would have been penalized with. A day in jail, 20 days in jail, a year in jail, or whatever it is. That's what he's got to get. Oh, wait a minute, Tony Russo has done a lot of stuff for animals and done a lot of stuff in the community. I know. I know. He's a good guy. I understand addiction. His is alcohol in this particular case. Mine is food. I'm a food addict. Luckily, it don't, uh, but with the diabetes, it'll, it'll knock you out. Anyway, that's what happened with Tony LaRusa. Shame. <laughs> Just thinking about Britney Spears over here. Remember she did that uh, MTV gig and she couldn't lip sync it correctly. <laughs> it was hilarious. I felt sorry for her, but it was it was hilarious. Hey, uh, this just in from the Trump White House as of yesterday, really. Here's the news from the Pentagon. President Trump announcing today in a tweet that he fired his defense secretary, Mark Esper. Lucas Tomlinson has the follow up today from the Pentagon now, Lucas, what happened? Bill, even by this administration's standards, the news sent shockwaves through the halls of the Pentagon. Even the service secretaries of the Army, Navy, and Air Force were completely blindsided by the news. And that's because Esper was seen as largely being in lockstep with the president on just about all the issues, except for one. Over the summer, in a very public dispute with the president, Defense Secretary Esper said he did not want to see active duty forces used to quell the nationwide protests. The option to use active duty forces in a law enforcement role should only be used as a matter of last resort and only in the most urgent and dire of situations. We are not in one of those situations now. I do not support invoking the Insurrection Act. A senior U.S. official says the president's chief of staff, Mark Meadows, called Esper and let him know he was being fired before the president's tweet. Esper had supported the president just about his whole agenda, from moving defense funds to help build the wall to removing thousands of troops from Germany after the president's public spat with Germany's chancellor. Esper was also in lockstep on downsizing U.S. military involvement in Iraq and Afghanistan to focus on China and Russia. But that wasn't good enough, apparently. In his place, President Trump has named Christopher Miller. There will now be five defense secretaries under President Trump's term in office, one more than his predecessor. Here's more on Christopher Miller. Until today, he was director of the National Counterterrorism Center. He was former deputy assistant secretary of defense for special operations and combating terrorism. He also served in special forces with multiple deployments to Iraq and Afghanistan. But Miller left the military in 2014 and hasn't been out long enough to become defense secretary, according to some officials, meaning we're not even sure if this move is legal. <laughs> Again, astounding. Astounding, astounding. It's been four years of astounding 
Four years of astounding. We'll see what the uh, next four years brings. Biden's over here on the news saying he's going to start cutting back all the Trump policies on day one. So this would be wild because, see, Trump now has, what, two months left? So you can do a lot of, just to use a term, damage in those two months, especially if you're the president, unless nobody's going to do whatever you tell them to do. This guy who just got cut as far as his part in the Trump White House is concerned. There's more of them coming every day. It's just wild. You say, Smash, is there a better way to handle this thing? I, I, I tell you what, I myself, you don't want me to be president. Because the way I handle it is the way John Wayne handled it. This is a clip from the movie The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. They're in a restaurant, in a bar. They're eating dinner, everybody. And Lee Marvin, who I love, he looked just like my dad. Lee Marvin, he plays Liberty Valance. He's a tough guy. Nobody messed with Liberty Valance. And he was messing with Jimmy Stewart because Jimmy Stewart was a little calm type of dude, you know. And Jimmy Stewart was waiting tables. And he... Well, here's the listen. <laughs> Looking at the new waitress. <laughs> making fun of Jimmy Stewart. He tripped, tripped Jimmy Stewart. Here comes John Wayne. That's my steak, Balance. Well, you heard him, dude. <laughs> Pick it up. Oh. Pilgrim, hold it. I said you, Valance. You pick it up. Three against one, Donovan. My boy, Pompey. The kitchen door. Pompey's bad. I'll get it, Liberty. John Wayne kicked him. I said you, Liberty. Talking to Lee Marvin. You pick it up. Oh, boy. What's the matter? Everybody in this country killed crazy? Here! There! There! Now! It's picked up! Why don't you get yourself a fresh steak on me? Show's over for now. The man who shot Liberty Valance. He was the bravest of them all. That's the way you handle things. Here's the story. When Liberty Valance rode to town, the women folk would hide. They'd hide. When Liberty Valance walked around, the men would step aside. Because the point of a gun was the only law that Liberty understood. When it came to shooting straight and fast, he was mighty good From out of the east A stranger came A law book in his hand A man The kind of a man The west would need To tame a troubled land Cause the point of a gun Was the only law That liberty understood When it came to shooting Straight and fast he was mighty good. Many a man would face his gun, and many a man would 
ghost of them all The love of a girl can make a man Stay on when he should go Stay on Just trying to build a peaceful life Where love is free to grow But the point of a gun was the only law That liberty understood When the final showdown came at last A law book was no good Alone in the grave she prayed That he'd return that fateful night Oh, that night When nothing she said could keep her man From going out to fight From the moment a girl gets the people roam The very first thing she learns When two men go out to face each other Only one returns Everyone heard two shots ring out One shot made liberty fall The man who shot liberty violent He shot liberty violent He was the bravest of them all The man who shot Liberty Violent, he shot Liberty Violent, he was the bravest of them all. That's Gene Pitney right there. Magnificent piece of music. Personal opinion, of course. That's some of the music you're going to be hearing when you're digging the smash Saturday mornings, 9 a.m. till noon. Big music show in all of what is my mix, 94.3, the best mix of the greatest hits of the 60s and 70s. I got you covered with music of the now then and the way back when. Saturday morning's new show on our sister station, a great music station, and that's Digging the Smash. Coming back at you in just a little bit with Mitch McConnell. And yeah, I know I may be touching a little heavy on politics today, but these guys are playing. These guys are playing, so sometimes daddy got to spank it down, you know? Back uno momento, por favor. hungry i'm hungry everybody's hungry and when it comes to feeding that hungry there are a few places as good as gulf shores gulf shores is out there in creve Corps, right there on olive and out here in edwardsville so both sides of the river covered now gulf shores is an envisionment of a restaurant by harry parker his parents man they could they could cook that that food from new orleans that, that big, easy style of cooking. So that's the kind of food you got at Gulf Shores. You can check it all out at gulfshoresrestaurantandgrill.com. Now, when you get there, first thing you're going to see, especially when you got the kids that are going to love it, is the big aquarium. It's got all the fish in there, and it's just colorful. That's a nice way to enter. Then you got an ambiance 
that is colorful. And that's the music coming out of the speakers in the ceiling. That's that New Orleans music. That's that, that blues music. That's that good stuff. And it just sets a magnificent tone for your dining experience because you're there because you love the food of the big easy. You're there because you have gone to Gulf Shores Restaurant and Grill. Dot com. And you say, you know, I think I'm going to go because you see the menu there and I'm going to order this or I'm going to order that. Or I'm just going to go in for drinks at the bar. They know how to shake up them drinks at the bar and just mix them right. Maybe get yourself just, you know, you're in for dessert. The key lime pie is like no other because I've had me some key lime pie. That key lime pie golf shores is like no other. And yeah, I know I'm diabetic. But every once in a while, I know I'm going. I know I want to order that key lime pie. I'm shooting up my units of insulin, all right? That's just me taking care of myself so I can enjoy myself because that is an experience of unparalleled magnificence when it comes to down in the good stuff. I'm talking about some great food awaiting you. Check out the full menu and enjoy yourself in Creve Corps or in Edwardsville at Gulf Shores. Gulf Shores Restaurant and Grill.com. That's a Brian Setzer Orchestra right there. Pennsylvania, 6,500, 65,000 is, uh, shoot, a song from the old days, the way, way, way back when. Back in the 40s, Tommy Dorsey Band, uh, Duke Ellington, all those kind of guys, man. That's the song they were playing. But boy, when Brian Setzer, anybody remember when he was with the Stray Cats and that was his band there doing that rockabilly type of music? And then they were gone for a while, and then Brian Setzer comes back with his humongous band. It's like a 20-piece band, and they're rocking out like that. Well, Pennsylvania 65,000 is uh, one of the big songs to come out of that particular era. I could, in my effort to try to put the right kind of song to the right kind of topic that is going to be dealt with in a particular set, in a particular break, I couldn't think of any, any uh, Pennsylvania songs. So I did remember Pennsylvania 65,000 or 6,500. I can't remember. Anyway, we'll get to that again in, in just a moment. Anyway, so Pennsylvania winds up going Biden-esque. And Trump, of course, doing the recount thing. And, you know, I say shame on Biden. Now, keep in mind, I'm not for Trump. I'm not for Biden. I'm just a guy who loves being an American, and that's who's in place. 
That's who my president is, all right? That's just the way it is. But Biden, come on, man. Don't say shame on you, Donald Trump, for doing this. It's a shame on America that you're challenging the vote count. If by chance Trump is right and there was fraud and the vote count is wrong, the first thing you're going to do, Joe, is have a recount. You would have done the same thing had you quote-unquote lost. Over there playing like it's a shame on America. Ah, I see. Being a happy-go-lucky guy, sometimes you can't get too deep into the politics because you become harsh. And in becoming harsh, it's kind of like, that's not the kind of dude I am, but at the same time, that's the kind of people they are. Here's Mitch McConnell. There's an article, I can't remember, I read so many things in the morning. I can't remember where this came from, Wall Street Journal maybe, I don't know. Uh, but they're talking about how Biden and Mitch McConnell are going to be able to really go across the aisle and really work with each other because they've worked with each other before. Because they've both been in the Congress for so many years, decades upon decades, and they know each other. They're going to work with each other. <laughs> and this is just some of that liberal media bullshit. At the throne on the American public. And the problem with is that the American public, like me, not always, but at times, they just read the headline, maybe the first paragraph, and that's it. That's the story. That's what your nightly news is. Just to bump off the headline. Maybe go a little deeper depending on what the situation is, but it's a bump off the headline. That's what our news is. That's why you go deeper into a CNN, into an MSNBC, into a Fox News, whatever your preference might be. Well, daggone it. Don't tell me these guys are going to be friends and things are going to get better now that Trump's not around and we can be palsy wowsies and all that. Here's Mitch McConnell today. The president has every right to look into allegations and request <laughs> recounts under the law. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell said on Monday that President Donald Trump was well within his rights to look into charges of irregularities in last week's election, throwing his support behind Trump's refusal to concede. President Trump is 100 percent within his rights to look into allegations of irregularities and weigh his legal options. In an extraordinary break from the norm, the top Republican in Congress did not acknowledge Democrat Joe Biden as president-elect, nor fellow Senator Kamala Harris as vice president-elect, nor did he challenge Trump's claims of widespread voter fraud, for which he has offered no evidence. Two blocks away at Republican National Committee headquarters, White House Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany, who told reporters she was there in her personal capacity, This election is not over. announced a lawsuit filed in Pennsylvania federal court against Secretary of State Kathy Bookvar, seeking an emergency injunction to stop state officials from certifying Biden's victory there. This is step one of a process. 
Trump campaign counsel Matthew Morgan alleged that Pennsylvania's mail-in voting system lacked the oversight and verification present for in-person voters and alleged there was disparate treatment between Republican voters and Democratic voters. When asked by a reporter if they had proof that fraudulent votes had been cast, McEnany did not directly answer the question. What we're asking for right now is patience as we explore these equal protection claims, among others. The allegations outlined in the Trump campaign's lawsuit on Monday were not as serious as the claims leveled by the president himself, says Reuters' Washington legal correspondent Jan Wolf. Legal experts told me there's a disconnect here between what Trump is saying on Twitter and what his lawyers are saying inside the courtroom. You know, Trump is, is making claims of broad voter fraud, but none of these lawsuits so far as of Monday have alleged that. So even if Trump were to win, and he's losing most of these cases, mind you, uh, the relief he's requesting would not be enough to tip the election. The Trump campaign and Republicans have brought numerous lawsuits alleging election irregularities. Judges have already tossed out cases in Georgia and Michigan. Pretty wild. Pretty wild situation here, and we get to watch it for at least another couple months that we know of until the inauguration day. Is it inauguration day? Until the president gets uh, inaugurated. Yeah, inauguration day. So, here's the deal. You got a country that put 70 million votes for the sitting president. And 74 million votes, maybe more, but right in that range for the president-elect. So you got 150 million voters. That's half the country. 150 million voters split 70-70. And you're talking about how you want the country to heal? What you going to do to heal this country? Talking about the country to heal especially over this last year of campaigning. All that's been happening is stabs and slicings, choppings and cuts and hurts. But you're going to heal. You're going to heal. You ain't going to heal. You ain't going to do nothing. Got half the country flying one way, the other half flying the other way. All you can do is get as many people that are flying against you come on and fly with you. Now, it'd be interesting to see what Trump does in this whole deal. If he does wind up, after all this vote count, wind up losing this thing, what's he going to do down the line? A lot of people are saying, watch out for Trump TV. Because Fox News kind of jacked him around. In truth. There's only one major conservative news outlet, and that's Fox News. There's dozens on the liberal side. CNN, MSNBC, ABC, NBC, CBS especially. Bunch of them. That was an imbalanced fight. And I ain't complaining, I'm explaining So it'll be interesting to see if this Trump TV does take grip, take hold, and starts up. That'd be interesting to see what that sets up for the next election, the 2024. Because a lot of people saying, DT, 
is coming back. Daily. Here, there, and everywhere. Because I is where you at. Smashdaily.com. Smash with the here, real, real quick. Turn you on to environmental resources. I've told you about the uh, family there. 25 years experience. Over there in Wood River. Phone number 618-471-9119. 618-471-9119. Abram Henson is the young man who will wind up coming to your place, your house, your business, where you need to get the checkup on what's the story on the asbestos in the place, what's the story on the mold and mildew in the place. Well, the Henson family have been doing this, like I said, 25-plus years. They're sending in their kid, but their kid is a man. That's Abram Henson. He knows how to look at that stuff. He knows how to test that stuff. He knows how to tell you what you need to get that stuff fixed. Because in reality, these houses that were built in a great, great era of American history, great, great part of the River Bend, these houses, the mid-century and even earlier, they got asbestos wrapped around our pipes and the walls. That stuff ain't no good no more. They didn't know it wasn't no good back then, but definitely ain't no good no more. That mold and mildew, you're working on something, got to pull the wall out, maybe putting in a new shower or whatever it might be, and all of a sudden, on the back of that wall board, see the black, the blue, the green, the red, the tinges of color, that's mold and mildew. You don't need to be touching that stuff. Serious, let the pros do it. Environmental resources. They'll take all away. They'll haul it themselves. Got a landfill that they go too far from here. And boom, it's gone. You don't have to mess with it anymore. Your house is clean. You, your family, your spouse, your kids, your friends. Everybody's breathing better. Everybody's got a better level at uh, the state of health that they can maintain themselves at. And that's because you got rid of that stuff. Starts with the call, 618-471-9119. No more asbestos, no more mold and mildew. It's all about environmental resources. Well, every day at the studio, the man arrives, standing six foot one, weighing... Oh, hell no! Five, cranking out the jams and running his route. Everybody knew he didn't play no crap. The smash. 
smash. Big bad smash. Smash, smash, digging the smash. Smash, smash, dig the smash. Smash, smash, I'm digging the smash. Smash, smash, dig the smash. Smash, smash, I'm digging the smash. Smash, smash, dig the smash. Smash, smash, I'm digging the smash. Smash, smash, dig the smash. Smash, smash, I'm digging the smash. Yeah, it was in 1919, uh, it was in 1775, during the Revolutionary War, that the U.S. Marines were organized under the authority of the Continental Congress. And they went out of existence after the end of the Revolutionary War, back in April of 1783. But the Marine Corps was formally reestablished in July of 1798, and today is observed as the birth date of the United States Marine Corps. We salute you, we thank you, and we appreciate you, all the armed forces, but especially today on the birthday of the U.S. Marines. Tomorrow, Veterans Day. I spent last night in the arms of a girl in Louisiana In the warm out on the highway Such a strange combination of a woman and a child Such a strange situation Stopping every hundred miles Calling bad news A replay of last night's events rolled through my mind Except to see not to erase by sweet red wine Truck stop sign ahead, so I change lane. I need a cup of coffee and a couple dollars change. Call it Baton Rouge. Operator, won't you put me on through? I gotta send my love down to Baton Rouge. Hurry up, put her on the line. I gotta talk to the girl just one more time. I love that song. Garth Brooks, of course. I love fiddle playing anyhow. That's one of my favorite instruments. See, back when I was a kid, it wasn't a fiddle. And back then, I wasn't hip to the application of the violin, the fiddle, into what was called country western music back then. I didn't want to learn to play the violin. I was a tough guy. Wanted to play saxophone. That was my favorite instrument. Because you could wail on a saxophone. But boy, did some of them violin players grow up to be some badass fiddlers. That's all I got to say. I love the fiddle. Smash with you right here. Man, I was driving by. I just look at the the places I drive by. Because you see the big sign. Fisher Lumber. F-I-S-C-H-E-R. See the big sign. And in my study of Fisher Lumber, before I decided, yeah, this is a family I, I can indeed endorse because they're family. They take care of the river bend out there in East Alton, like family would take care of family, like family's supposed to take care of family, provide you with the opportunity to get everything you need for whatever your situation is project-wise. Let's say you're building a new kitchen in the house. Well, every tool you need, all the materials you need, 
And the great thing about it, in my opinion, because I'm not one of those guys, I'm not a do-it-yourselfer type of guy, unless it's like on electronics, like radio studios and that kind of stuff. But boy, they got people with the expertise to help you with your building project. Whether you're doing it by yourself, you got a bunch of buddies that are getting ready to help you over the weekend, whatever the case may be. When you got this weather, when you got, as they say on the Game of Thrones, winter is coming. When winter is coming, you know you're going to be inside. Might as well fix some stuff up. Why not? Make sure you got the right tools. Make sure you got the right materials. Make sure you got the right wood. Make sure you got the right expertise. That's Fisher Lumber. You can read all about it. You can check it all out. Fisher, F-I-S-C-H-E-R, FisherLumber.com. One of the things I loved about the place was I couldn't even believe it. It was block after block after block after block. They've been in business since 1941. And I guess little by little by little, they've been buying up the blocks. And what they do with the blocks is they're putting more Fisher Lumber opportunities there for you. Got plenty of room for all the wood. You need rafters because you're building a new house out and back for your in-laws. Building a new shed out and back. They got all that stuff. Got to use the right kind of hammers and saws and all that stuff, though. They got all that stuff. So take advantage of the fact that you got that right here in the River Bend. That's Fisher Lumber. F-I-S-C-H-E-R Lumber.com. I was trying to turn you on to the good stuff. Sir Smashington with you right here. I was looking at various things that are going on today. Doug Jenkins always has a sheet for me here. You know, this is kind of like a big day in rock and roll history because it's in 1965 that Bill Graham, he was a rock and roll uh, promoter out there in, um, in San Francisco Bay Area. His first rock and roll show at the Fillmore in San Francisco and the Fillmore was it, man. If you played the Fillmore East or West, it was something. There was a Fillmore-esque type place that uh, grew up and developed in Cleveland. It was called the Agora, the Agora Theater. That was a big deal place. Then you had, uh, you know, a couple of spots out there in Chicago. Rush Up was one of them. If you played Rush Up, now I'll never forget, man, we played Rush Up with our band. And the guys from, well, what eventually became Saturday Night Live, they uh, used to study at Second City. And when they were done doing their comedy and their studies at Second City, they'd come over and they'd rock and roll over at Rush Up. That's where I met Bill Murray. I'll never forget Bill Murray coming to me. And back then I wasn't the smash yet. My name is Asher Ben Ruby. So he says, Asher, I'm moving out west. What you going to do? So I'm going to try to make it. <laughs> and... He sent me a postcard after he got out, and I got that postcard still. Sent me that postcard, wishing me well, letting me know that he was cool over there. And, of course, Bill Murray, what you going to do? Anyway, those are great days, great days. So the great concert halls, and one of the greatest, if not the greatest of them all, was Bill Graham's Fillmore out there in San Francisco. The first show included the Jefferson Airplane and the Grateful Dead. That had to be something to see. Just magnificent. A little piece of rock and roll history for you right here. I appreciate you being with me. As is always, Monday through Friday, Smash Daily it's called right here. 4 to 6 o'clock, 
And now, on Saturdays, I got a new show, a music show. And that's 9 a.m. till noon, Saturdays, on our sister station, My Mix 94.3 FM. It's a great show. I uh, hopefully you'll give me, uh, you know, hopefully you'll give it a chance. Listen, listen to my mix ninety four point three. It plays all the greatest hits of the sixties and seventies, anyhow. But uh, Saturday is a show called Digging the Smash, and I got the other show Sundays at five o'clock. People's Praise Party. That's all good Jesus music right there. Some testimony in there too. So I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to have a place in in, in amongst this, and I'm glad that you are listening. Hello, Samantha, dear, I hope you're feeling fine. And it won't be long until I'm with you all the time. But until then, I'll spend my money up right down to my last time. Oh, 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 and bad news. I'm afraid it won't put me on through. I gotta send my love down to bad 